You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome to this week's play-by-play of the Hangtime Podcast. Joining us now, comedian Chelsea Peretti, NBA All-Star Roy Hibbert. Roy is our nation's most treasured actor. He's got chops, he's got talent, and he also has three tickets to Lakers. <laughs> With your host, Elliot Anderson, just it down behind his head. Seku Smith, Lang Whitaker, and Rick Fox. Our next guest should have been our first guest, Isaiah Thomas. How do you think you would play in today's NBA with the rules the way they are? Be honest. Uh, average forty. <laughs> we will win a lot. <laughs> and it's, it's our main man, Roderick Turner from the Los Angeles Times. Hey, too, can I say this first? <laughs> you know you when can. When I started covering the Lakers, when Rick Fox played, I had hair. They wore me out. Now it's time for the Oh, we are 101 years old here on the Hangtime Podcast. I'm just kidding. Thank you, Smith, from the Hangtime blog at NBA.com. Lane Whitaker, my main man in New York. Rick Fox. I said Rick Fox. Rick. (laughs) Rick. We're still looking for Rick Fox. You know what? At least we can be thankful he showed up for the 100th episode, Lang. 101. Back, back to the basics, baby. Where'd he go? There ain't no telling. Listen, we ain't got time for headlines this week. He's, he's playing one of his best roles today, the Invisible Man. <laughs> <laughs> we got time for Rick. We ain't got time for headlines. We gotta get to the. We gotta get right down to the business line this week. Lang joining us now on the show, of course, is a guy who's been here before, uh, a basketball genius, as some people have labeled him. I, I got two, three emails this morning when I said we're gonna have. Who said that? Well, one of them was a uh, a relative, a close relative of his. But anyway, Zach Lowe <laughs> of Grantland is joining us now on the Hang Time Podcast. What's up, sir? How you doing? I'm hanging in there, guys. How you doing? Good, good. Um, I, I looked at the uh, at the All Star list, the the Zach Lowe All Star team that uh, that that was on that's on Grantland. What do you what do you make first and foremost of the format, and do you think? We, you know, that there needs to be some tweaking to how the All Stars are selected. The reason I ask, uh, a friend of mine sent me an email and says, "Hey, why don't they let the NBA players, you know, do a do the All Star picking? Like, let them do it, you know, pick the guys that should be starters on both sides, and then let the coaches pick the reserves." What do you What do you think about something like that? That would be kind of cool, actually, because I mean, I have no problem with the way it's done now, and I like the fact that they. Chain, they threw out center and just made it front court. Mm-hmm. I thought that was that was smart. But it would be cool to see who the players would pick. But my suspicion is you'd see a lot of guys, not not necessarily undeserving guys, but guys that players just really like. Like yeah. Jamal Crawford would definitely make it. Everyone loves Jamal Crawford. Right. I love everyone Jamal Crawford. Loves, He's making it on my yeah. team. <laughs> yeah, and every, everyone. But I, he didn't make my team. He's having five teams and didn't make my team. But, like, there were just guys that, you know, like Chauncey. Chauncey would make it every year. Everyone loves Chauncey. <laughs> guys like guys. But that would be sort of cool. Like, yeah, players would talk about it after games. Like, oh, I voted for this guy. He's got the best crossover in the league. It would be kind of fun. Yeah, I thought Zach. I thought you did something. Um, it's either genius or it's cheating. One of the two, and then maybe there's no difference. But because normally people write their columns and they come up with the seven guys who, or the six guys who, I'm sorry, seven guys who should be on the bench. But you actually pick different starters than than have been announced already. Which gave you a little bit more wiggle room than than they would have. We would probably have otherwise. But I thought in the East it was interesting. You um, didn't have Garnett at all on your team, which changes a, a lot the way you're able to kind of construct your team. Um, 
Why no KG? I would consider it somewhere between. I would consider it unpleasant cheating. Like, um, <laughs> like it's definitely cheating to ignore the fan vote, and, yeah. and I don't do it for any other reason than I sort of enjoy doing the whole thing. But it also, like, I love KG. He's I've, as I write in there. I mean, I've learned more about sort of the post hand checking, post illegal defense NBA yeah. from watching KG play defense than anything else. And he's my two, my my Twitter avatar is KG making a funny face. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just think, you know, it's a crowded field, and he plays 28, 29 minutes a game. And unless you're putting up Tim Duncan crazy stats in that kind of minutes, it, it's just, you know, it's hard to it's hard to make an all-star team that way. It's, you know, and even so, he was like sort of player 13 or 14 on my list. So it's not like I disqualified him. I just look at someone like David West, who's probably not going to make the team. Probably not as good as KG, but their numbers are basically equivalent. I mean, I think David West, some of his numbers are better. He sort of plays a larger role in Indiana's offense, and he plays five, six more minutes a game, and that really matters to a Pacers team that's starved for any points it can get. So it was painful to leave KG out. He totally deserves to be there. It's not like, you know, he has no place there. He made it. He deserves it. You know, it just didn't make my team. Yeah. What? And I like the, I like the setup. I, I love Drew Holiday being on uh, your Eastern Conference team. He's one of my favorite young players in the league. But where is Zach Randolph? Similar thing in the Western Conference, man. He was like, he was probably player 13. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I mean, you know how pow- The amazing thing about the Western Conference is Kevin Love and Dirk Nowitzki are hurt. And, like, <laughs> the power forward position is still impossible to deal with. <laughs> um, and it's like, if you want to put... To me, I look at a guy like Steph Curry yeah. shooting 46% from three as the point guard for a really good team. I'm like, that guy has to be there. And if you put that sort of extra guard in, because you know Westbrook and Parker and Harden and Kobe, they're all going to be there. You put an extra guard in, and then that just makes the front court squeeze even tighter. And then it, you know, it came down to Marcus Aldridge, David Lee, and Zebo. And you just sort of have to close your eyes and pick the names out of a hat. And for whatever reason, I, I <laughs> let Zebo out. But again, it's like Kiji. Put him in there, take David Lee out, take Lamarcus out. I don't care. It's the same, you know, six of one, half dozen of the other. Yeah. Well, that, that kind of, I, I think this kind of addresses or, or brings up a, a bigger question about the All Star game is is it 100% merit based or, or should we have guys like a Garnett or, or, you know, a Duncan? There's years where. Maybe he shouldn't be there, but he gets on the team. I mean, how, how? What are we? What is our you know criteria for picking this team? That I mean, that's that's what's fun to me is that I I don't I don't particularly care what criteria anyone uses. <laughs> I mean, for me, for me, I think it's fun to to go strictly on merit and strictly on the merits of the last you know first half of the season. Right. Because for me, it's like this game happens every year. So you know, look, it's really fun for Dirk to be there every year. But you know, in a year, if he doesn't deserve it, and this is really the first year ever because of injury, it's like I'd rather see some guy having a great first 40 games that may never be here again. I'd rather see him get in. I mean, I can, I can see Dirk next year. Right. Um, but, you know, I, it, it's, a, it, it's not a real basketball game, right? I mean, yeah. it's like we break this down before the game as if it's a real game. It's a totally no-defense exhibition. I have no problem with anyone saying I want to honor Tim Duncan for his career. And, and Tim Duncan obviously deserves it, but, you know, he's the name he threw out. And I thought he was a shaky pick last year. But it's like, you want to honor that guy for his career? You want to vote Manu Ginobili in, even though he's missed a lot of games, whatever, because you just like him? Vote him in. I don't care. Yeah. The one guy I do think that, you know, if you asked me a month ago what I put him on my all-star ballot, I'd have told you no. That has changed my mind dramatically is Kyrie Irving. Um, And and what do you think about this idea that in a couple years, Cleveland could be, you know, uh, a factor again, with Kyrie as as the the star of stars there, and whoever else they get to play alongside him, but are you as impressed with Kyrie um, as a lot of other people have become watching him dominate some of the other best point guards in the league the way he has? That dude is ridiculous. Um, I mean, you you saw what he did to Boston last yeah, it's night. Yeah, ridiculous. Um, it, it's sort of like it's sort of like Steph Curry, except I think he's sort of he, he's he's going to be better getting into the paint, he's a little bigger, he's a little stronger, he's a better finisher. But but it, he's like Steph Curry in the sense that if you got a point guard with a handle and a jump shot that is like really, really one of the top 10, 15 jump shots in the league, I mean, you can build an offense just on that by itself and go from there. It's just – it's like imagine if Rajon Rondo had 
one of the best jump shots in the league. I mean, that's Kyrie Irving's not on Rondo's level as a passer or penetrator, but you got a guy who can shoot like that and get off the dribble and find his teammates. I mean, that's just really unique. Totally deserving all-star. Probably deserves to start the game um, had he not missed 10 or 11 games or whatever it is. Um, let's go bigger picture NBA just outside of all-star. And um, uh, Zach kind of made your bones talking about the Celtics. What, what's going on with the Celtics this season? Same old stuff, man. They can't <laughs> score the ball. It's, right. uh, ever since 2009 when I think they ranked eighth or ninth in offensive efficiency and, and points for possession, um, their offense has just gone down, down, down. It was 15th or something in 2010 when they made the finals. And almost won, obviously. It was 25th or something last year, uh, and it's 21st or 22nd now. And, you know, it's just hard to win games that way, let alone four consecutive playoff series in, in May and June. And, you know, the, the problems are well documented. They shoot a lot of mid-range jumpers. They don't get to the line. They don't shoot a lot of threes. And it's just it's hard to grind out, you know, be, be much better than a 500 team like that. I'm, I'm not sure, Zach and Lang, um, you know, listening to Doc Rivers and kind of his critique of his team, and he's one of the few coaches I listen to, and I don't think he's just speaking for effect. You know, a lot of these guys, I was listening to the NFL coaches, but, you know, this is off the beaten path. I was listening to the NFL coaches giving their postgame assessments of their teams, and it's just one cliche after another, you know, like right. stock speak. When Doc starts talking – He's one of the few coaches in any sport where I listen to him going, he's not just giving stock answers here. He's actually he's going to tell you exactly what he thinks about his team or whatever you ask him. Especially he, when he's angry. Especially when he's pissed and he's got that little shine you know, on the top <laughs> of his head. Like, And he, he's been talking about this team lately in ways that I, I'm wondering are his, are his guys listening and, you know, processing what he's saying about them because it's true. It's not like he's up there ranting for effect so some guy will get motivated it's not a phil jackson motivational tactic he's just saying the, the honest truth about them do you think they're listening and understanding what he's saying or do you think this is kind of going past them as just coach speak uh i mean i you know it's actually funny you bring that up because i was thinking about this this is doc's had like two rants in the last five or six days after games and i don't mean rant in a bad way but like says stuff to make your ears perk up, right? Yeah, yeah. And, it, and including the one where he, after the Pistons lost, where he was talking about, you know, we're going to send guys out the door. <laughs> yeah, that was fantastic. During that kind of play. And it's just funny. It's like, it's funny to see him. You know, he won the title in 2008. Rick Carlisle won the title in 2011. And it's funny to see, you know, they feel justifiably empowered now when things, when they get a bunch of new guys and, and it's not working out and, they're just they're like making threats in the media because they're championship <laughs> coaches and they're used to a certain standard and it's they're got great job security. It's just been funny to see them be so sort of threatening. But you know, I I, I really hesitate when people start bringing up the are the Celtics tuning out Doc or is Team X tuning out Coach Y because it's just such an easy fallback yeah. thing. And and to me, the Celtics statistically, you know, you really zoom out in the big picture. It's the same team it was last year and the year before. They've just lost, you know, a few more close games. Their defense has slipped a little bit. But it's the same fundamental problem. They can't score. Yeah. Can we come up with our, real quick, our top either three or five angry coaches? The, mm, the coaches who are the best when they're they're ticked off and we get to, like, I think Pop's probably on there. Pop is Pop is undisputed, number one. Yeah, yeah I mean, but he's always acts like that. I mean, yeah. DA asked him a question on, like, a, a harmless question. <laughs> you gonna ask me that question? I mean, Pop gets the crown hands down. All right, um, but I don't know who else is on the list. Woody? Nah, Woody doesn't ever get mad. Woody always looks like he's getting ready to go off and like. But he's got that cigar and relax. Though. Yeah, he's. <laughs> <laughs> he's got too much Steve Harvey in him. <laughs> I don't know who else would be on that angry coach list. I mean, D'Antoni is not an angry guy, but he's got really funny, grumpy, frowny yeah. faces that he makes on the court. But he's not a really angry guy. He's been he's been up against the up against it the last couple. You know, in New York, he had all you know he had a crowd of people around him, and then some of these volleys he's fired since he's been in L.A. have been pretty good. Well, just that game on Monday night. There was times in that second half they showed him on the bench, man. He looked like he was ready to be in a Southwest Airlines commercial. I mean, he was, 
he looked like he was right, just looking for any way out of there. Um, I don't know. Let's see. If we give the, if we give the crown to Pop, who else goes on? I don't know because well, like George Skiles, Co- Skiles is gone. Yeah, yeah he's um, gone. Can't he have him. was a cranky guy. Stan Van Gundy uh, would have been a, a yeah. contender for the crown sure, had he still been sure. coaching. Um, Absolutely. Um, let's see who else we can think of. We don't have any uh, great characters. There's not a ton of like. George, George Carl is more exasperated than angry. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah like just to, well, if you've seen <laughs> if you've seen the infamous Shaq in a fool clips. Um, yes. You see, the the expressions he cranks out after some of those JaVel McGee plays, which that's edited. They can be finding his expression from a lot of different things throughout a game, but I love some of those facial expressions they have on there. And, yeah, they should have a whole JaVale cam just on Carl whenever <laughs> whenever JaVale is in the game, just just to track his his movements and facial expressions. Maybe uh, we should uh, maybe we, I can bring that up for TNT overtime the next time the Nuggets are on TNT. Instead of having you know, instead of having the Nuggets cam or whatever, just JaVale cam. Just, only just, when JaVale, yeah, only when JaVale is in the game. That's yeah, it. just the camera. Um, one other back to the to actual topics here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you wrote about Josh Smith the other day. What and you kind of laid out a lot of different options, different things uh, that Trade could him. happen. What? Yeah. What do you think is the most realistic option with Josh Smith and the Hawks? I mean, I think the safest bet is that they just keep him um, yeah. because his trade value will be too low. Um, and you know, I mean, I don't think it, Danny Ferry has worked hard to, to clean up that salary cap picture, and I don't think he wants anyone's long term salary in return for a, a guy who makes a lot of money. So he'd, he'd have to get back an expiring asset, which is sort of like, you know, what's the point? Right. Um, and especially, you know, I, and I don't know how true this is, but it's sort of become a popular theory that, you know, he's tight with Dwight and sort of the plan is to do everything they can to lure, you know, Chris Paul, who doesn't look like he has any intention of leaving the Clippers or Dwight, if things continue to go bad in LA. So I think the safest bet is that he stays, um, you know, I think the Rockets probably make the most sense of any team that might be interested in trading for him, but I doubt they do it. Yeah. I, I, I've heard the, this theory that, you know, that Dwight comes, you know, home to Atlanta and plays Lang. I don't, I don't need, nobody in Atlanta even, even talks about that being giddy and excited about that. Um, well, that's because no one talks about the Hawks in Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, you'd have to have Dwight and Josh and then what else? Like, you have to have a team around them or some I mean, other pieces in order if you, if you think that's going to work. But the team they've had this year, I mean, it's, it, it's, they, I mean they, they had Josh and, and Al and, and Lou Williams, and that's about it. And they were in the top half of the Eastern Conference until about a week ago. Yeah, I mean, but that, I mean, we all know that what you do – in mid-January and what you do come playoff time, obviously, are two different things. And the measurement is, is taken, obviously, uh, you know, later in the season. Right. I just – I like these theories, but I just don't understand where the benefit comes from the Hawks' fruit, fruitless attempts to try and convince Dwight to come home, which I've, I've had no indication whatsoever that Dwight is even remotely interested in coming back here to play. It's like – I'm always, I always laugh at this idea that every dude from a certain place wants to go home and play. Not everybody wants to go to their hometown and play. And, and I've written about it. I think Josh is better off getting a chance to go somewhere else so we can see if there's a chance. And, Zach, you know, tell me what you think. But I'd love to see Josh in a different environment with a different coach, different organization, to see if they could round out the rough edges of his game and maybe help him become a player, you know, something different than what we've seen so far. Yeah, it'd be really fun. I mean, not only just rounding out the edges of his game, and obviously it, it, it's just so weird that other than that one year, what was it, three seasons ago or two seasons ago where he stopped shooting <laughs> jump shots? Yeah. That that no coach has been able it, – it, it's not like Larry Drew thinks those are good shots. I mean, he's not allowed to take those shots, and he does it anyway. Um, yeah. And it's just – it would be – so it would be fun, you know, to see if, if a coach could harness that the right way. But he's also just such an interesting player, like – you know, how much you know, we've seen Larry this year and last year play him at small forward, play him at power forward. How does he fit? How does he fit? The, how much shooting do you need around him? Could you put him on a on a fast-breaking team like Houston or, or Denver and just sort of let him loose? It, it would be fun to watch. <laughs> I don't know if we'll ever see that. I don't, <laughs> just because it's, you know, it's for the last five years, this has been an ongoing, well, was, is Josh going to get traded? Was, uh, maybe this is the year he kind of puts it all together and it just it just doesn't happen. I don't know. It's, it's kind of weird. 
Zach, who's the one guy? I mean, there have been some good stories, you know, of teams and players surprising everybody this year, you know, doing maybe more than what was expected. Who's the one guy that's kind of off the, the radar that's caught your eye in terms of how well he's played this season compared to what you expected from him? Huh. Uh, off the radar. Let's see. That's a good question. Who's the one guy that's really off the radar? Um, I, I'll give you a couple that come off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. I think it's really a good sign that Ryan Anderson has remained such a really great high-volume three-point shooter without Dwight. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that's awesome for the Hornets, who are have a winning record in their last 12 or 13 games, uh, right. I think, by the way. Um, Omer Ashik, or Ashik, actually, I always say it wrong. Omer Ashik in Houston mm-hmm. has been good. Karolenko in Minnesota is having a great season that no one is talking about doing yeah. what Karolenko does. And a guy, you know, maybe it's just because I saw him in person for the you know second or third time this season on Friday, and he played great. I just think Thad Young is a wonderful player that that nobody talks about because no one cares. The Sixers are like sort of the Northeast version of the Hawks, um, <laughs> and it's like no one cares about them. Even in Philadelphia, they're the fourth citizen of the sports teams. That guy is really good and, and has become just a, a totally game changing defensive player. Hasn't really refined his offensive game to add a jumper or an off-the-dribble move, but he's just he gets you 15 points and 8 rebounds and plays great defense. And, hey, he's a player that could fit anywhere. There's a pretty big gap right now between, like, the eighth team and the ninth team in the East. I think Philly's, what, like three and a half behind Boston. Um, and, and then from there um, in the West, it's a, it's a little closer. But is there a team now that's not in the top eight in their conference that you think by the end of the – the season will be a playoff team? Um, I think we're probably set in both conferences. I, I do think the one team in the East that has something of a shot to make some noise is the Raptors, um, except they just dug themselves such a big hole and they've had a very easy schedule. Yeah. Uh, their schedule gets a little harder, although no Eastern Conference team really has a brutal schedule, to be honest. <laughs> but their schedule does get a little harder as we go. Um, I, I just don't see it. I don't, Philly is in a tailspin and getting worse, and you know Andrew Bynum has taken some standstill shots. Big deal. Um, in the West, it really, it really depends on what you think of the Lakers. Um, I don't think they have much of a chance to make the playoffs. I could be wrong. Portland was a paper tiger when they were five games over 500 or four games over 500 or whatever they were. I mean, they had by far the easiest schedule in the Western conference still do. And and so they've got some losses coming to them and Minnesota and Dallas, you know, I guess Dallas is interesting. They obviously, you know, got, have gotten dirt back and righted the ship a little bit, but they're just, it's a lot to make up in, in half a season. I, I, my, the safe money is on the top eight, stay in the top eight. Yeah. Last question here, and, and we appreciate you coming on, hanging out with us. Zach Lowe from Grantland is here with us on the Hangtime Podcast. I I want to believe, and I really, I'm serious when I say this, I want to believe that everything is, is fine in, in Miami and that there is nothing to worry about and we'll all get a chance to spend some quality time in, in South Florida come <laughs> finals time. But is it me or does it seem like Chris Bosh has not played – and I know his numbers look a certain way, but I feel like he's not playing with any kind of flow right now. And I'm and I'm wondering if all this talk of the them being too small and not having an inside presence, do you think that's wearing on him at all in terms of the pounding he's going to take inside? And then you know, especially if they get to the playoffs and he sees Tyson Chandler or, or somebody else in the East that's going to try and beat him up the way you know the way Garnett and the Celtics would have beat him you know, tried to beat him down if he was healthy last year during the playoffs. He certainly seems a little sort of tired of it yeah. um, in his comments. But, you know, I haven't I haven't seen the Heat recently and been around him, so mm-hmm. I don't know how he's feeling. But, you know, I I do think there's this assumption that the Heat have another gear that's in reserve, and, and I buy it. I mean, I watched the, yeah. I mean, I watched the Heat a lot, but the one that sticks out is that Pacers game maybe 10 days ago mm-hmm. where Indiana got like 20 offensive rebounds. And I went back and I rewatched all 20 offensive rebounds. And there were like at least five or six rebounds where you would see something like LeBron's playing power forward. He's covering David West. He's in front of David West at the elbow area when the shot goes up, stands there, watches David West slip inside of him, still stands there. David West gets the rebound and scores. And you're like, that's just not happening in the playoffs. I mean, that's, that's a clear, yeah. I just don't feel like doing this right now because <laughs> yeah. it's January. And, you know, I, I think that 
the one red flag for them is they have a lot of guys who they counted on that are somewhere close to washed up. <laughs> like Richard Lewis yeah. and Mike Miller and Haslam. And that is not so bad on its own because they don't need those guys to do much. But like if Shane Battier gets hurt, they're they're in trouble. If one of their core guys gets hurt and then one of those guys have to shift up a spot in the rotation, they're gonna have a fight on their hands. So that's the one thing that, that worries me. And we'll see what we'll see what Birdman can do for him. Right, right. Yeah, I mean I know Birdman and Mike Miller do a mean vanilla ice. I did watch that. <laughs> I saw that. That was hilarious. <laughs> I don't know. LeBron's uh, off was he what did he do? Off the wall or he did one of the Michael Jackson songs. That one was did you see that one? Yeah, that, that was pretty good. amazing. I would love to get in a, a ticket to that thing one time just to watch those performances in person because uh, not a whole lot of singing talent going on, but some pretty good Beyonce lip syncing talent on the stage down there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. Zach Lowe from Grantland hanging out with us here on the Hangtime Podcast. Listen, man, we appreciate it. We'll see you in Houston for All-Star Weekend. Tell Rick Fox I'm going to badger him about the 1995 playoffs. <laughs> we will good tell luck. him if we can ever locate him. Good luck finding yeah. him. <laughs> yeah, tell him. Yeah, exactly. If you can find him, uh, you know, tell him, tell him that I'm going to badger him about that in Houston. We will do okay. that, sir. Thanks, man. Have a good one, guys. Thanks, Zach. Zach Lowe from Grantland hanging out with us here. Uh, Lang, I'll tell you one thing. If we don't get our quality time in South Florida in June – you're going to be looking at one unhappy camper. That's what I'm going to tell you right now. One angry individual. That's that's what it's like every time I'm looking at you. <laughs> All-star announcements coming on Thursday night on TNT. Eastern Conference, Western Conference, All-Star Reserves will be announced. The starters have already been announced. we got to see who else is going to fill out these rosters. But before we get there, before we even get into that conversation, uh-huh. our main man is hanging with us today on the Hangtime Podcast. Steve Smith from NBA TV, the world's biggest Michigan basketball hater. Smitty, what's up, man? How you doing? (laughs) How you guys doing? I guess, first of all, for me to start off, I congratulate you guys. I know it was the 100th episode the other day. We we announced it on NBA TV. Congratulations to you guys for going over 100 episodes. I don't know how you guys still friends. You know, I just do it together. (laughs) Y'all still friends after 100 episodes? Somehow. We did a lot of yoga together, and it kind of kept us. <laughs> That's right, Smitty. You you dabbling. You you moving outside the lines, man. You're not just playing uh, lunchtime hoops no more. You doing doing your yoga thing now, huh? You know what? Say cool leg. I am. My wife got me doing this yoga. You know, I, I, w- I was resistant to go in, but you know, I've been doing it for the last four weeks. I am not flexible at all <laughs> now. I can now touch my toes. So I will say, I, all the yogaites out there. It is extremely hard. I'm sweating. I I look like the Forrest Gump, but I, I'm doing all right. Why? Why is it? Like, I, I've I've. You might be surprised to hear this, Rick. I, I mean, Steve, I've never been to a yoga class. What? What? Uh, what? What is hard about it? Is it you're like holding poses and stuff, or? Yeah, you're holding poses. You're sweating. You're trying to use your core, uh, and then most of all, I'm. I'm not flexible, so that's the, the hardest part for me. Right. Yeah, I'm not doing. Uh, don't they have all those names for the poses too? You got to do downward dog. Yeah, like yeah, that you know that, 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 that's 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 coming <laughs> that's coming later out. for me to learn all the the names. <laughs> you just you just audit in this class. You just sitting in the back and trying to st- keep up, huh? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, I heard that. Well, listen, like, Smitty, tell me this. The the best basketball program in the state of Michigan. Let's just get it out of the way. I don't care what the rec, the standings say and all that. Michigan and Michigan State. Be honest. Be truthful because there will be some Spartans and Wolverines listening to this thing. Now, now how far are we going back? Sequel? I'm talking about right now as of today. If you had to pick them in a one-game matchup on a neutral floor, who would you pick? No, that's easy. You got the Michigan Wolverines with Beeline playing that D'Antoni system, that four guards and <laughs> shooting threes. It does not work in postseason, but I will give them a lot of credit that they they played extremely well. Um, to watch Trey Burke, the way he's handled the point guard position, you know, Tim Hardaway and, and Glenn Robinson the third, and Tim Hardaway Jr., both guys that they had to play against. You know, I, I'm happy for those guys, proud of them. But I, I will say Beeline has done a good job of, Turning the program around for because before that, like the last ten years, it's just been like a big preseason game for us going up to Ann Arbor. But I would say now, though, you know the rivalry is back, and um, and it's good. I like that y'all jumped out of the gates 
at number one, and slowly but surely, you look at the Big Ten standings right now, Michigan State is back at one, Seku. I mean, I, that's as close as he's ever come to an actual compliment, Lang. Where, where did the uh, Detroit Where did the Detroit Pistons rank among <laughs> among basketball programs in Michigan? Uh, very high, you know, tradition. You know, they've been they've been good. They just had a little slump right now, it's like the stock market, but they're coming back up. <laughs> <laughs> well, Smitty, back to the NBA season. Um, you know, we passed the halfway mark. Who who's your MVP at the halfway point of the NBA season right now? Right now, I, I would say, uh, Sekou, I have LeBron James 1A mm-hmm. and uh, Kevin Durant 1B, Chris Paul 2, and Carmelo. I would say, you know, three weeks ago it was it was different. You know, mm-hmm. Carmelo came out. He was leading for me as far as in my mind. And then you had LeBron and KD and, and, C- and CP3 fourth. But mm-hmm. as of right now today, I was just thinking about it last night on game time, I got the slight edge from LeBron, but what Kevin Durant, and him and Russell Westbrook are doing as far as their record, individual play. Uh, he's creeping up there. So I, right now it's, it's 1A LeBron and 1B Kevin Durant. How does how can Kevin Durant catch LeBron in this race? I, I think, you know, we do this all the time, great players. We go by their numbers. Uh, right. And it is hard because one is in the East and one against the West, who they're playing. And then next we go to their record. And I think both are doing a phenomenal job. Uh, I just think LeBron's individual play is a little bit better than Kevin Durant's because of overall play. But mm-hmm. Lang and also say um, this is something that's just fabulous. It's unreal to me, mind-boggling. If you start to look at Kevin Durant's numbers, though, he's shooting 52%, 40 from three, and 90 from the line. Yeah. It would be amazing if he finishes 50-40-90 because that's something that's extremely hard to do. Yeah. Uh, someone on Twitter last night made a good point. They said, "Is is there anyone who doesn't like Kevin Durant's game?" You, you never hear. I mean, even LeBron. For a long time, we heard people complain about, "Oh, he can't close, he can't finish, all these other things." But you really never hear anyone complain about the way Kevin Durant plays the game. I mean, because you like you said, close. He's been doing a phenomenal job since day one of being able to close. You know, he obviously can get better, and he will because of age. What you say, uh, a lot of guys, you know, even Michael and Kobe, we all say, well, it's unbelievable if they start to be able to knock down threes and they increase their range. Well, his range has been off the charts from day one. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I'm starting to talk about it, and you guys can maybe help me with this. Is there anybody been at that height handles the basketball better, you know, at his height? Yeah. Um, I don't think so. Well, I mean, he's, what, 6'11", 6'10"? I, I say 6'11". He says 6'9 and a half, but standing next to him, I think he's about 6'11". And then – you know, he never would really finish with thunderous dunks, you know, mm-hmm. two years ago. But that's all changed, from, you know, from last year to this year. I mean, he's now we're starting to see him finish with monster dunks in the paint and over people. And then yeah. now the next step is he's starting to post up a little bit more. So I think when you start to look at him, he doesn't really have any flaws other than he hasn't won the, 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 the chip right now. And it looks like they're trying to really get it this year. Yeah. I mean, he's been in the league five years. And, you know, some people, Lang, got to give him credit for this, you know, where they saw it ahead of time. Like, I remember when Durant was in college, and I liked him, but I didn't see all this coming. I didn't realize he'd be this good, this dynamic, really. It's not about just being a great player. He's just dynamic. Like, I don't know how you deal with him. You used to be able to, his first couple of years, Smitty, you could get physical and knock him off his spot. And that's always right, right. a tactic I would assume guys use with a younger guy who's not quite as strong as he's going to get. But it's not like Durant has gained 40 pounds and suddenly become a physical terror. He's just beating people the way he always has by being better and more, you know, and having such a well-rounded game in so many different areas. Do you do you think we get we fall into the trap with a young guy like this who's got all this going for him of expecting too much too fast from him? You know, I think um, we do, but I think Sekou um, – is warranted because of what he's done so far. I mean, yeah. he's won scoring championships. He's gotten to the finals. <laughs> and I think each step right now, I mean, obviously he went all-star games. He's MVP. You can say an Olympic team that, that, that two years or whatever, the last two years ago, and then maybe with LeBron last year. Um, I mean, everything he's done, I think we all got to start talking about what's next. And you only get measured by what you did last. And what he's done last has been phenomenal. I mean, we're starting to talk now around amongst us, as you guys know, at Turner and NBA TV. Can, can he be the all-time scorer? 
yeah. the pace he's yeah. I mean, and then, you know, who guards him in two or three years in any conference? You know, because we got some of the likes of Kobe might be retiring or slowing down. Mm-hmm. But it's who guards him? I mean, I'm what you say, because when he came out of college, I go, is he a four, is he a three, is he a two? And I played him at the two, and like you said, they were real physical. But right now, that doesn't bother him anymore, the physicalness. I mean, um, now you can isolate him. But I've never seen a score in a long time get 52. And then his teammate, Russell Westbrook, he still has room to allow him to get 30, and they win. Yeah. You know, every time he has big numbers, you still look at Russell. They're not 13 and 17. <laughs> Russell's at 28 and 31 while he has 50, which that's amazing as well. I think also, you know, off the court, I think two or three years we're always saying, will they make it, Russell and KD? I think that's been squashed. Yeah, and I think that's yeah. a lot to do with him. You never see him come out and say anything negative to a Russell. And we know he's not the prototypical point guard. He's not the pass first point guard. But they're somehow making it work. Uh, and, you know, to talk, if we talk about what he what he did last as, as a team, what they did last was they, they lost in the finals. So is this team this season, even without James Harden, is, do you think this is a better team than they had last season? I think so, because I think laying last year in the finals, I don't think James Harden was right. And that might have yeah. been from the Metal World piece um, blow he took, or it might have just been, you know, first time in the finals. But I think watching James Harden, even last year before they made it to the championship, before the playoffs, he just wasn't right in that entire championship series. So I say, you know, obviously they lose James Harden, but Kevin Martin brings a different dynamic. And I thought last year, playing against the Miami Heat, when the Miami Heat played small ball, you know, I thought Scott Brooks played Perkins a little bit too much. You know, yeah. and it, it really hurt them. I think now when you look at it, you know, now they can go small ball and he won't be scared to play KD at the four. Or now they can beat them up, really go big, big with Surge and also to beat and really try to attack them big, big. I thought he was in between on whether to go small and he kept Perkins in. And then I thought they missed Eric Maynard. Yeah. Uh, they have Eric Maynard back. And I think they have more confidence in uh, Reggie Jackson. I'm not sure which one he's going to go with. He's tried to give Eric Maynard the, the nod early, but it didn't look like he was ready. He's going with Reggie Jackson. So if they, they can show up either Reggie Jackson or Eric Maynard playing well, I think they have everything else as far as bigs and everything else to go in between to, to challenge anybody in the league. Yeah. Smitty, there's been a lot of talk about Dwayne Wade slowing down. And you played so many years in the league. You know you're saying? you Guys know when they're at their physical peak, I would imagine. I mean, I think I, I think any player would have to have an understanding of, man, I'm playing right now in a, in a way or in a realm that I never have before. And then when you're not playing like that, you know that you come down the other side. Do you, do you look at Wade's game, and I know he has these moments when he blows up and goes off for 27 or whatever, 30, you know, but do you look at him and see – the other side of that mountain, the way Charles and some other guys have when they look at his game today? You know, Sekou, uh, yes, I do. But if he if he had to carry the load by himself, mm-hmm. I would say, yeah, we would see a Dwayne Wade that wasn't Dwayne Wade five, six years ago. Right. But we also got to look at uh, he doesn't have to anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, Dwayne Wade, when I saw what he did against the Lakers and Kobe, that's all they need. <laughs> and they don't need it every day right. because the horse – is being, you know, taking on on the blood of everything is LeBron James. I think Dwayne Wade will be better when there's other guys, not including LeBron James and Chris Bosh are better. Because if you get their shooters to start making shots, Dwayne just has to be Dwayne. And whatever level he is, he's not, no, Charles and everybody's right. He's not Dwayne Wade of old when we saw he did it all. I don't think his game right now, he could do that. I don't think he could carry a team like he did the last time to the finals and the years after they had Shaq where he just put the entire team on his back and did everything. But who wants to or who needs to anymore? Yeah. The league yeah. is not built like that anymore. You know, we go see, even though I know they wanted parity, each year there's going to be stars and stars teaming up with each other. Uh, whether it works or not, L.A. doesn't work right now, or whether it's working <laughs> like at uh, Miami, uh, I, I think you need help right now. And I think Dwayne Wade understands right now that, you know, I don't have to be Dwayne Wade, but he is coming off injury. I think if you can get Dwayne Wade to be solid at 18 points and Bosh at 17 points with LeBron going, I still think it's up to the Ray Allens, the, the, the Mario Chalmers, the Norris Coles. How good are they and how good will they be? That will determine how good Dwayne Wade will be. 
You know, one team that we we I don't know the last time we talked about them on this podcast, um, and we're talking here about you know teams that are championship contenders: Oklahoma City, Miami. Should we be talking about the Spurs this season? You know, LA, it's a good question. I think you can't discredit. It's been an amazing run they've had. You know, give from uh, ownership on down to players, right. Pop, R.C. Buford, Tony Parker, Manu, Tim Duncan, all the credit. Um, but as you know, Pop has to rest those guys, and, and particularly Manu and Tim because of their age and their body being beat up. But I will say right now I give the edge to Tim Duncan if I gave out a father – uh, beating Father Time award to the, the player, the oldest <laughs> player playing well, is Tim Duncan. But yeah. can he do that for four series, you know, three series in the West and then throughout the championship without a sidekick, you know, as a big? I think small, they could get it done because they got a lot of guys. But can you get it done with Boris Diaz as a sidekick, you know, playing against a Memphis, banging, or L.A., or Clippers? Can you get it done with Splitter? And then after those two, you're counting on the Matt Bowners and DeWan Blairs. I just don't think they had that sidekick for Tim mm-hmm. next to him where at times he can take a, take two or three quarters off of having to defend the best post players or score against the best post defenders. He has to do that night in and night out, especially in the playoffs. He has to do it every day. I don't think – I think they have to find somebody else to help Tim. Yeah. Smitty, we, the, the interesting thing about – players and and when they enter the league that that I think has always been unique is that when there's a a young star we always know who the next star is like we see him on the horizon he's either a a sensational freshman in college or you know in LeBron's case we started watching him when he was in 10th grade and kind of counting down the years when he would be in the league who's who's next after LeBron after Durant I guess after Derrick Rose then you have Kyrie, I guess. I mean, who's next on that horizon, young players that are in the league now, that will move up into that all-star and superstar category, you think, over the next two or three seasons? I think talent-wise, we have some guys say Ku Kyrie is the one name that comes, mm-hmm. you know, to the forefront. I think Damian Lillard. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, Anthony Davis to a point, because I don't know the same as Kevin Durant. I see he has a lot of skill set, but is he going to be best as a post-up power forward or is he going to be better as a handle the basketball, pick and pop four? Is he going to just dominate blocking shots like he did in in college or is he going to be a 25 and 10 guy scoring? I haven't put my finger on it, but he has the talent to do a lot of those things, and that's why I would say he has a chance. But, you know, as of right now, look like more guards. I mean, Damian Lillard. Kyrie Irving look like the two guys that maybe has a chance. You know, they have a long way to go. You know, yeah. even Damian Lillard, he's been unbelievable. But you know how it is. You know, that rookie wall is coming. And when we <laughs> see, you know, back again the two or three times we play a team. Uh, and then next year, can he can he hold on? Kyrie is giving us flashes. But I think next for Kyrie is you got to be able to find some kind of way to win more games. I don't think we expect the Cleveland to be in the playoffs. But with that type of talent, he's going to have to wheel these guys to, hey, we got to start knocking on eighth, you know, eighth, ninth, tenth door versus 15, 14, 13 as the Cavaliers. Right. I'll throw another name out there just so we can mention him as uh, Drew Holiday also. Yes, yes. And, and I think, so. Uh, unfortunately for Drew Holiday, you have Bynum playing. He gets two or three more easy buckets. Yeah. Their record, they're in, they're in fifth place right now probably with Bynum. Even if Bynum was playing like he was last year, yeah. he's a definite all-star. But I think now, because of the record, you know, I'm not sure if he'll make it or not. If he does, it's going to be, you know, at the end. But I don't, I don't, I don't have him being an All Star just because of their record right now. Yeah, and the reason I ask that to me is because we've 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 been kind of spoiled when you think about it. You know, in terms of that next generation of stars, that next guy you can pinpoint and say it's going to be his era. Like you know, you go through and look. You know, but you can always kind of see him on the horizon. And I was I was thinking about this last night um, when I'm watching games and I'm going, who's the next? You know, we thought Beasley might have a chance to be in that conversation. Right. He didn't. You know, you think John Wall might be, a, you know, be a player that's in that conversation. He's trying to get back on track. You know, you see a talented young guy like DeMarcus Cousins and then he gets sidetracked with some other stuff, you know I, I just was wondering, and, and and I don't even know if that, that guy's in college right now. I don't know if there's a guy on that college horizon or even, you know, further down the ladder. I know, and I know you, you know, you've done a lot of work with USA Basketball over the years, and you know, all the way down to the grassroots level in basketball. And that's why I was curious. I'm just trying you know, to, I'm trying I, to find that guy. 
I can't find him either, say cool, because, like, if I ask you guys, like you probably asked me, there's no name jump out who's the best player in college right now. Yeah. I can't really uh, – I love Trey Burke. Uh, I love Cody Zeller. You know, yeah. I love a lot of guys. Um, I, I don't see them right now. As of right now, you never know, because I, I didn't see much of Damian Lillard. He came from, you know, mm-hmm. from Weaver State, and, you know, we heard about it, but you didn't get a chance to see him on TV a lot. But I, I can't tell you the best player, the most dominant player, like back in the day, you knew it was Larry Johnson by right. far. And we, all of us, was pretty good. You knew it was, you know, Grant Hill or Jason Key at times. I don't even know at the college level right now who's the college player of the year. Right. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, here's some – you guys want some breaking news? Uh, Bring it. Lakers are having shoot-around uh, before they play Cleveland, and uh, Dwight Howard apparently spoke to the media, faulted himself. According to Mark Medina from the LA Daily News, said it was, quote, immature to complain about his field goal attempts against Chicago. He said he is going to improve his defense and that this will be the start of a new season tonight. <laughs> I have to, quote, I have to be more of a player out there on the court and not worry about anything, not complain. Oh, happy uh, day. <laughs> is this going to change everything? Uh, no, not at all. <laughs> like, I mean, when the season started, no matter who the coach was, I said the Lakers had a problem with team speed. You know, it, it, you can have some guys that are older, Boston, but they still came in with some guys, younger guys off the bench. You can mix and match with team speed. The Lakers don't have team speed, even with their young guys. Um then you start talking about the fiasco and the circus they had with the coaching, the different philosophies, um, and then the injuries. You know, it took them down another notch. And I think right now, you know, Mike D'Antoni, we know he's an offensive genius and guys love to play in that system. This system does not fit this Laker team at all. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't understand how you have Mike D'Antoni, Steve Nash, Kobe Bryant, and the bigs can't get touches. You know, I Steve Nash is a great shooter. Kobe Bryant is a great basketball player and a great shooter. Uh, there has to be room to be able to get touches down on the block. And I don't understand what kind of play. Even if you just came down and everybody standing in one spot, you just throw it in and you wait for the double team. Because I can't see two teams having two post defenders to be able to guard Dwight and Powell Casal. I think they have to slow the game up and play their strength. Play inside, play off of Powell and Dwight if they get double, and then if the game is close, you have one of the best closers in the game in Kobe Bryant. But this, you know, trying to get more possessions and outscore people is not working, and it's definitely not going to work with this personnel. And I don't see where they can make trades yeah. to get them better. You know, because you signed, I guess, these master three years. You're not Kobe's not going anywhere, and you're probably not trading Dwight. So the only player is, is Powell Casal. And I look at where do you trade Paul Casal to make the Lakers better? Uh, the one player I looked at, you know, make them better is uh, Atlanta with Josh Smith because he's a power forward that can kind of lift, kind of kind of play off the white, and also yeah. you can run and get out and throw lobs and have some team speed. Yeah, I, I, it's this whole thing to me is kind of like the chicken or the egg. It's like what's more important, the roster or the system? <laughs> and and you know, the Lakers obviously chose a system because they, they chose Mike D'Antoni over Phil Jackson. and and But apparently the roster, you need the egg to have the chicken or the, <laughs> the other way around. Yeah, I mean, it's Smitty, I guess for a lot of people, uh, us included, in, in NBA TV, Steve Smith is hanging with us here on the podcast. You, you I mean, if you're the Lakers, this thing, was, this thing had to be either a smashing success or what it is now, right? I mean, it couldn't be any in between if you go out in the summer and get Steve Nash and Dwight Howard and pair them up with Paul Gasol and Kobe Bryant. I mean, it was either going to turn out great or we're going to look up now at the halfway point of the season and say they probably won't make the playoffs. You know, it, 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 you know, I say a lot of things and, you know, put some on the players, but put a lot on management and ownership, mm-hmm. you know, because I don't want to put everything on uh, Mitch because I think it has a lot to do with you know, uh, the ownership, you right. know, the decisions they made. Um, I just think the little tweaks, you're not athletic. You run out and get a Gerald Green, who was a free agent this year. I don't think it would cost you that much, and I think it doesn't matter, salary cap, when you put this team together. You don't, you're don't. you going over the salary cap. Yeah. Uh, you go out and get a 
Nate Robinson type or even a Janeiro Pargo type. Somebody that has something that, you know, you have to guard Janeiro Pargo because he can score. He came in and had 14 points with the Hawks. And I'm not saying those two guys are the answer, but you got to go get some athleticism. you got to get some Alonzo G from Cleveland, some guys that you know that he, that he runs and dunks. So that helps Steve Nash and that helps Kobe. Right. Tell those guys to get out of flat out run, take two guys with you, and it leaves Kobe, Nash, Powell, and those guys open. But if you watch them now, they get the rebound. Um, there's, you know, Kobe's never been a runner because he's played in the system where you give him the basketball. Why would I run? Well, I'm going to get it anyway. <laughs> Nash runs, but he's slow right now. Meta can't run. Dwight's not running the same as he was in Orlando, and Powell's never been a big-time runner, yeah. only when he had advantage at the, at the five. So they get – no easy baskets or guys even get secondary breaks where they have a guy off balance who can drive him and draw fouls. So I think roster-wise, you know, after the first five or six, everybody else should have had a skill set or whatever, you know, I like Jody Meeks, but it had to be somebody else with a, another skill set. He flat-out scores. He flat-out jumps. He flat-out something. They don't have that with guys coming off the bench. Right. I think it's pretty – I mean, they either – I think everybody agrees. They either make a move at the deadline or pretty much they start playing the song on the deck of the Titanic. You know what I'm saying? It's, it don't seem like there's many other options for them right now. It's either February 21, you make a you make a move by the deadline, or you swallow this season and then deal with the you know with the fallout afterwards. They've got to go 24 and 17 the rest of the season just just, just to break to get, 500. Just just to get to 500. Yeah. <laughs> just to get to 500. Yeah. So they they've, they've got a hill to climb. My question is, say say they don't make a move and this is you know doesn't turn out the way Laker fans want. Right. What's next? Are you getting a new coach? Yeah. Or what are you doing? I mean, there's only you know what's next for the Lakers as far as coaching. Yeah. Are you making D'Antoni change his system? I don't think he. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if he's changing his system. Maybe they, they can run the Princeton offense. <laughs> <laughs> I got a better idea. Just go to yoga. <laughs> <laughs> Just show up to yoga with Smitty. There you go. We all need to be a little bit more flexible. <laughs> Steve Smith from NBA TV hanging out with us. Listen, Smitty, we appreciate it, man. And uh, tell Millie I, I'll take an invitation to yoga. I want to see how flexible I am. Feku Millie's right next to me. She said thank you for she Feku said he wants a invitation <laughs> to yoga. She's just laughing. She said anytime, Feku and Lane. Yeah. If, uh, if, that, if that happens, I'd like to be invited too to come along and shoot some video and <laughs> put on NBA TV. Steve no Smith. Thanks, man. We appreciate it, Smitty. Thanks, Smitty. Thanks, Lane. Thanks, Feku. All right now. Later. Bye-bye. Steve Smith from NBA TV hanging out with us, man. And, and it, listen, Lang, we we talk every week, unfortunately, about the Lakers on this show, but that's, that's that's some interesting breakdown about just the specifics of why they're struggling the way they are. I think so, too. I Again, I, I thought Kenny Smith had a really good point on Inside the NBA the other night that the system is for the guys who can't play. Yeah, I heard him say that. That's what he said. And he said, you know, the superstars don't need the system. Yeah. And Smitty kind of was alluding to that in that, you know, you need these guys who have specific, specific skill sets. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, think about a guy like Shannon Brown on when he was in Phoenix or, or well, in L.A., but yeah. also playing Phoenix. Or guys who that the Suns were able to get performances out of that you might not have gotten otherwise when D'Antoni and Nash were there. Yeah. The Lakers don't really have those kind of guys that they've been able to turn into something that – to supplement all the other guys. So, so you don't see Sacre being uh I don't know. <laughs> I mean, are you saying that Sacre only only looks like Rick Fox but can't play like Rick Fox? <laughs> oh, and look who showed up. <laughs> Where you been, man? Man, I've been caught in in, uh, in a cell safe service here on set. That's like terrible. <laughs> we just we just it's crazy, man. I'm just blacked out, but I'm losing my mind trying to get to you guys and I finally figured it out. No, we appreciate it, man. Lang said I you were. I miss Smitty, man. I miss Smitty. What they, was Smitty he was saying? looking for you. He was looking was for he you. Dropping science. Man, he was. He was breaking the Lakers down, man. We we also had uh we had Zach Lowe from Grantland.com on, and he had some specific questions for you about. That's right. Is it the nineteen ninety five playoffs? Was that what it oh, was? Gosh. Yeah. Against Charlotte, against Charlotte, or, or no? Some some to do Boston, with, uh, Orlando, Boston, Orlando, and he said that Shaq was, I guess. 
going off with the, the the garden is closed for business or something. He says, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I didn't play in that game. I was on the sideline. <laughs> I, I had a couple weeks later, but, yeah, he, he said to go. <laughs> they talked about it. Yeah, I well, you know. Florida. Yeah, hey, that's what that's what counts, man. That's what counts. Hey, listen, we we're just glad you showed up because we were gonna have to do- talk bad about you if you didn't show up for you know the first hey, episode. Let me tell you something. You, you better believe I was breaking my neck. I was like, I am not letting this go down. Because y'all, after a three and zero weekend too, y'all will pick for me. And I'm making a comeback. <laughs> I was at- hey, look, man, it's it's, get, it's it's been hot out here in L.A. all year for the Lakers. But man, they're starting to talk about Dwight Howard going being moved and maybe Dan Tony Tony being fired. What? Which one which one has to go? Ugh. Come on. We just it's uh crazy, we just read man. we just read that uh at their shoot around uh, about half an hour ago, Dwight came out and apologized to Laker fans and to everyone else and said he was sorry about his uh pouting about his shots and that it's going to be a new season from here on out. So we can all look forward to that. It's a new season now for the Lakers. You know how many times it's been a new season? (laughs) Are you buying it? Are you guys buying it? Not even. Sounds good, though. It's time for bragging rights as the guys put their rep on the line. Bragging rights. I cannot believe we are standing here today. Folks, Rick Fox has done the unthinkable. He, he's done with the Washington Wizards and, and other downtrodden franchises in the NBA would love to do. He's had an undefeated week, Lang. I don't believe it. 3-0. and oh. Should I retire? <laughs> you got was, little, what's up? You got a little more catching up to do, sir. <laughs> I was just going to suggest that from now on, we should make a new rule that if one of us misses the show for whatever, if one of us misses bragging rights for whatever reason, <laughs> oh, here we go. It should be just an automatic zero and three. Wow, you know what? I think that's actually a good. That's actually a good. Uh, because if we end up picking for the person, I mean, in some ways, it might backfire like it did when Rick and I picked for for Seku that that's time. That's true. That's true. And so I got my lead padded. Uh, I'm with that. I can go for that. All right. Yeah, me too. All right. Well, Rick, right. You, you went undefeated last week. So I did. Greg, I think it's only fair that the the champ is here. He gets to he gets to go first this week. All right. Yep. After coming off a three and zero week, here we go, Rick. First Wait, can game. We, can you do, can you tell us the standings? I don't I don't I don't think I saw them. Uh, yeah. Hold on one sec. Uh, yeah. The the king is still in first place. Don't worry. I got the standings right here, baby. As long as I'm in first place, <laughs> I'll I'll know the standings. Standings currently are Seku is twenty two and twelve. Ow. Uh, Lang and Rick are now tied at 18 and 16. Uh-oh. All right. Uh-oh. Got All a right. big week fight for, for second. All right, Keep big putting up those one guys. and two weeks, Seku. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's over. That's over. All right, so here we go. First game of the week will be Miami at Boston. Rick, mm. you go first. I am going with Miami. I am also I'm, going with Miami. I'm going to make it three in a row. I'm definitely going with Miami. Yeah. Wow. See, you got game number two, and um, Lang actually said he might be in attendance for this game. Is Atlanta at the Knickerbockers? ATL, Sean. Yeah, I'll. I'll, I think I am going to go. I'm going to pick. I'll pick. uh, I'll pick Atlanta because I'm going to go in their locker room and give them a pep talk before the game. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going with the Knicks. This is Woody's revenge, baby. He's getting them back. Mix it is. I hear from you, too. All right. All right, and final game will be Indiana at Denver Monday night. <sighs> Altitude game. That's uh, an interesting game. That's a tough one because Denver, you know, we've been talking for a while about how Denver had this, you know, great schedule, 12 or 14 at home and all that stuff. But I, I like Indiana's attitude when they show up a place they're not supposed to win. They They have a tendency to do, you know, to make a little noise. I think I'm going to go with the Pacers. Rick? Yeah. Um, and I just don't know if they're capable of defending the manimal and the interior of Denver and the tenacity. I think Roy Hibbard might be a little overwhelmed. I'm going with Denver. I think so. I think I'm going to go with Denver also. Um just Paul George has been on a roll, but I think they'll throw Iguodala on him, and yeah, uh, I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. Denver also. 
I smell 0 and 3 coming from Seku. What? Oh, boy. Listen, y'all. Look at you hear that? Yeah, I hear it. It's, just, it's called being a hater, you know, and <laughs> Lang has mastered the yard over the years. Everybody knows that. But it, look. <laughs> Don't. Honestly, though, if he goes zero and three, then you uh, you guys will all lose <laughs> lost one game. Yeah, I mean, I will take you down with me. I'll take it. I'll take a, a, a two and one week if it means Seku <laughs> goes zero and three. I haven't been zero and three. Would, I haven't been zero and three. Two and one, one would make you twenty four and zero and three. One and two would make you twenty three and fourteen. Yeah, I haven't been zero and three one time this whole season, so. I wouldn't go if I were y'all. I wouldn't start packing that lunch. There's okay? always a first. <laughs> I would not start packing that lunch. Um, Running Rick, out of weeks, though. <laughs> Rick, I got to tell you, you missed out today, man. You really did. You I missed know. out. We had Steve Smith from NBA TV. You, you know your partner in crime. Yeah. With, and, and our main man, even though he's a Michigan State Spartan. Um, and then we had Zach Lowe from Grantland. You missed out. They both wanted a piece of you. And, and I you could smell it. And you wear jumbo juice. It. <laughs> Lang said you was hanging at Jumbo Juice. What's up with that? Uh, uh, Beverly Hills Juice. I, <laughs> I, I responded to your tweet because Rick tweeted. Oh, you did. Rick tweeted. Yeah. Just got my juice. That was, said, yeah. Do they have Skype? That was that was, uh, that, was uh, that was breakfast. <laughs> and then I took. And then I drove into the the depths of of non connectivity here in Culver City for some reason. <laughs> I just un, I just unloaded on on I I I was. I unloaded on, um, on they just moved uh, studios over here from one sound stage to another and so they have all of our trailers lined up out here and but they haven't connected the Wi-Fi and <laughs> we just recently found out now that we sit in a dead zone uh, of no uh, no seller and Wi-Fi and I don't know if that was strategically placed on their part so that people would focus on work but they're, they're killing my game time I don't appreciate it hang time is what it's about, That's what, what, are you work, about. what are you working on Rick are you filming a movie or something or uh, TV a TV show called Mr. Box Office All right. uh, we shoot on yeah so it's uh, we shoot every two weeks here for Mr. two Box. days what I mean yeah, and we, do we need to... Bill Bellamy oh, Bill okay. Bellamy Vivica Fox John Lovitz uh, who else? Uh, Essence Atkins, Gary Busey. It's basically Welcome Black Carter. <laughs> Welcome Black Jim, Carter. Jim Meadows. Yeah, it is. It, it really is. It's, it's Bill Bellamy plays uh, 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 like a Will Smith character who gets in trouble and has to go teach mm-hmm. uh, teaching uh, South Central High School. <laughs> so I'm the I'm the PE teacher. For comedy, <laughs> check it out. You, you, I, I act like basically a um, a slower version of remember the coach the tv show coach yeah and uh pe the assistant coach the big guy the goofy guy yeah 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 that guy kind of okay i do my best i do my best dumb jock man you mess we look yeah if you on it we watching it man it's like you know we we were actually joking earlier about you know we got to go back through and we're gonna spend a whole podcast i don't know which one when we get a chance to we're gonna go through some of your past roles and play a game and see if you can remember your name when you were in that either movie or show, if you can remember your character's name. Oh, my God. I was (laughs) was slumped out. (laughs) Talk about multiple personalities. I have so many characters running through. I wouldn't. I really don't think I would. I remember Chick Deegan from He Got Game. All the kids kids walk up to me all the time, and they go, Oh, man, the assistant coaches. I want to go to Tech U. I want to go to Tech U. We got we say, got a nice list of names. We're gonna see if you remember what you know if you can play match this match this role with this character. We're gonna see if you pass. Yeah, or not. Okay, okay. I might have I might have imagined this, Rick. Did, did you say Gary Busey's on the show? <laughs> I, I, uh, okay, let me rephrase. We've shot we've shot fourteen episodes, and he's been on two of them. <laughs> so, so, Those are the only ones you guys could find him for. <laughs> Basically, yeah, more or less. <laughs> it's, oh. about, it's about okay. Is anyone is, is Gary uh, in Malibu on the beach somewhere? Yeah, let's okay. hope Gary Busey's uh, attorney but, doesn't listen to the Hang Time podcast. So we... <laughs> no, 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 no defamation of Gary. He's great. He's just, <laughs> I think he has a number of uh, opportunities that don't always line up with being here on set. But. That's fantastic, man. Well, listen. But hey, you know, you know what we could do? I mean, like I said, we, you know, on hang, hang time, next time I'm on set here, I'll get, we could pull in like Bill Bellamy. That's what I'm saying. Fan and, and Alex Thomas. He's yeah. Comedians, they're hilarious, man. Man, Bill we got to do that. What channel? Have, she's a, Bill Fox is a huge basketball fan. 
I'm a huge Vivica Fox fan. That's that's perfect. There you go. She's talking about it all day long on set. What channel? What channel does this show come on? It's on uh, around the country in the CW on different uh, different times, oh, okay. different cities. Yeah. Well, I had, you know, I got to get up on my you know my TV. I, I'm not a uh, I'm not a normally a sitcom watcher. I watch basketball, yeah. but now that I know you're gonna be on it, I got to watch this. Yeah, we'll get uh, we'll get those the cast to come on, and, uh, give us their take on the state of. Uh, the NBA and, that and per- that's perfect. Me and Vivica. Yeah. The rest of y'all there can just go. hang out. All right. <laughs> well, listen, we got to get out of here. But as always, we appreciate everybody joining us here on the Hang Time Podcast. Seku Smith, right here in Atlanta, Lang Whitaker, New York, and Rick Fox on set in L.A. Yeah. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Hang Time Podcast. To download more episodes of the show, visit the iTunes Music Store. And be sure to check out the Hangtime blog on NBA.com. And as always, say Kuna Matata.